look at it from your Bible, the one that you carry, the one that you read, that you are in the practice, the habit, the custom of opening your Bible. So we're going to start at Matthew 26, uh, verses 36 through 46, and, and I'm going to read it. And so before I begin, because I want to make sure that we're all there, what, once you get there, would, would you raise your hand? Um, and so I know that you're there. Amen. 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 I didn't see some hands go up. I'm going to wait for you. It's like in my house, we always wait for everybody before we start eating. Amen. 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 Okay. Starting at verse 36 in Matthew 26. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, my father. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me yet. Not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy, and he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Our Lord was, this was the night. Then you read in Isaiah, by his stripes we are healed. This was the night. If he would give himself to those who would torture him and persecute him, tear out his beard with him. This he had begun. His final journey here on earth, he was, he was going quickly toward his mission for our souls. 
and he brought Peter and James and John with them to pray with him. They saw his grief, and Luke tells us from grief they fell asleep. I was listening this morning and praying and praising the Lord to the message from the very opening and the prayers and, and the songs and how they all tied into what our Lord is saying today, the message he has today. You know, speaking of the church, the very last song, I took a picture of it because I wanted to. I wanted to uh, repeat it. Lord, we need your grace and mercy. We need to pray like never before. We need the power of your spirit to open heaven's door. So spirit, touch your church. Stir the hearts of men. Revive us, oh Lord with your passion once again. I want to care for others like Jesus cares for me. Let your rain fall upon me. Let your rain fall upon me. Our Lord was about to take the cup of wrath, the cup he was praying about. It was a cup of God's wrath that was ours. That was ours, the punishment and the judgment that was ours. He was going to drink it on our behalf. And his people couldn't stay awake one hour, not one hour, to pray with him. Even today, how many can spend an hour or more praying for God's people, praying for the lost, praying for the wicked? It's not our God's desire for one, not even one, to be lost. Do we honor his desire? Do we honor his desire or will he say to us the next slide? Will he say to us, are you still sleeping? Are you still sleeping? The hour is at hand. There is time coming on this earth that is worse than any other time since the earth was created. And the Lord has been warning us. And yet, his church is sleeping. And I pray truly with all my heart that there are people and bodies all over the world that are praying and having the visitation of the spirit that we had this morning, that he's waking up, awake, sleep, awake. The 
this message is for you who love the Lord, you who have ears to hear. There are going to be some that are going to hear this message and they're still making excuses for their sins. They're still trying to hold on to their sins and justify that it's okay to do this. And they're not clinging to God. I pray that you will have ears to hear sooner than later, but this message is not for you. Because if you're walking in unbelief, you're walking in disobedience. You're not going to hear it, but I pray that one day the Lord will open them ears, give sight to those eyes, that your spirit of stupor, because you are too in a spirit of stupor. And a spirit of stupor is a spirit of sleep. But this is for those who you've nodded off. But the Lord is saying, wake up. Wake up. Next slide, please. What does it mean to be asleep? What does sleeping mean? Sleep is a recurring state of mind and body that differs from being awake. One's ability to respond to internal or external stimuli is decreased. In Matthew 26, 45, where Jesus asked, are you still sleeping? The English word sleeping has been transliterated from the Greek word katudo. And it is actually used either physically or spiritually. You know, for sleep. See, physical sleep decreases one ability to respond, as I've said earlier, to internal or external stimuli. You don't respond to smell the way you respond when you're awake or to touch or to taste or to pain or even to sound. Acts 29 is an example of that. Eutychus, a young man, was listening, sitting in the windowsill, listening to Paul talk. And, talk, and Paul was talking on and on and on and on into the night. And Eutychus fell out the window to his death, fell from the second story. I don't know how many stories it were, to his death. Because the increased, you know, when you're awake and you start to feel like you're going to fall or trip, he grabs something. He was sleeping, so he was not responding. He didn't even have the ability to respond. But praise the Lord, they prayed and he, the Lord brought him to life. Spiritual sleep is just as bad. It decreases your ability to stand against fear and doubt, disbelief, discouragement, weariness, anger, temptation. When you are spiritually asleep, you don't respond. Here is a picture of a, a congregation. Over-exaggerated. So you can see a congregation of a sleeping church. Sleeping saints. Some are completely knocked out. 
Others are getting there, they're yawning. They're, they're, they're asleep and they've become insensitive because that's what happens when you are asleep. And it's, it's, it's a form of laziness. As Pastor Edmund was crying out and praying and seeking forgiveness, it's laziness. The Lord calls us to be diligent in our Christian walk. We have often talked about 1 Peter 5, being diligent. So, you know, you know, being diligent in your walk for, you know, to make certain of him calling and choosing you. When you're sleepy, when you're in the spirit of stupor, you're not even in a place to really fight against sin. Not only are you open to, you know, the enemy can come in and bring fear instead of faith, Doubt instead of trust, disbelief instead of reliance, discouragement instead of hope, weariness instead of strength, anger, temptation instead of resolve. And then you don't even you, you don't even have what it takes to fight against sin. You just think I'm too weak. You know, the 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 second song of worship I heard, not by not by you know, not by my strength, not not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, said the Lord. If you do not have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you cannot fight against sin. You don't have it in you. But when you give your life to the Lord and you fully surrender to the Lord, it's no longer your life, and you know that. His spirit will step in. And the things that you used to do, you have no interest in doing anymore. This is a wake-up call for anyone who's sitting here and thinks that, you know, you are right where the Lord wants you to be. If you are still sinning and, and you can justify that sin, you can justify that sin by saying, well, you know, you made me do it, or they made me do it, or this, you know, or you can say, well, it's not so bad. I don't think he'll, you're justifying the things that the Lord took out of your life. And now you're saying, well, you're not surrendered. You're asleep. If you're indifferent to your salvation. If you're indifferent to what my God has done for you, to what might the price might my, my Jesus pay for you, for us. If you're indifferent, you're in spiritual sleep. Daily, daily. I can face the trials and the tribulations and the persecutions of life because I know my Jesus son gave me his example and did it for me. I don't have anything to give but myself, my love, my faith, my belief, which is my total reliance on him and confidence in him. Wake up, sleeping church. Can we go to the next slide? 
The opposite of being asleep is being sober and being alert. And to be alert, whether physical or spiritual, is to be watchful, attentive, attentive, observant. You're not willing to take risk. A risk is, well, maybe I can I can do this this a little bit. It, it won't hurt me. I can, you know, just when you're alert, you don't take those risks. When you are ready for action, when you are ready to stand firm in your salvation, taking up your weapons of righteousness, walking with God, you won't take those risks. I was talking to Pastor Jeannie on Friday, and she was telling me about what happens when she you know, goes on a walk. We were, we were talking, and Pastor Jeannie, would you mind sharing that with the congregation? Sure. Actually, I actually have a, a story, Catherine. I'll tell the story and share it. When I used to work in I used to work in Capitol Hill. Um, I used to have a walk between my office and my car. And that area was, uh, was very unsafe. And so every now and then, somebody would follow me. And I, and I could tell, right, because they would start following me at a certain point and they would stay really close. And so I'd become very alert. So I'd, you know, put my keys in my hand so I can get into my car quickly. I'd take my backpack off and put it on just one shoulder so if I needed to hit somebody with it, I could. Just things like that. But I'm super alert. And I don't, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not... I'm not looking around at anything else. I'm just prepared. There was one time this guy walked with me down to the garage to my car. And I got to my car, and usually I unlock the door. Now I click it twice, unlock all the doors. That day I clicked one. I got in the car, and I was too, I knew, I knew he was too close, and he was going to try something. So I got in my car, closed the door, I locked it right away. And sure enough, he went over to the other side and tried to open the passenger door. And if I had not been alert, but I guess the point of that is when we're alert, we're very aware of danger. We're very aware of what happens around us and we're prepared. We're, we plan ahead. We think about what we can do to make sure we get out of that danger. Amen. 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 And when we are alert, First Peter 5, 8, here on the screen. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That man who followed Pastor Jeannie to her car physically is like the enemy who will try to follow and stalk us. We need to be alert and be aware and not be taken by surprise by his schemes. And the only way we can do that is to walk with the Lord. To keep our eyes on the Lord. That we won't do the hit and miss. Well, I didn't get into the Bible today, but I'll get into it tomorrow. I didn't get it in this morning, but I, I, I'll catch it sometime tonight. And you catch it. It's like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then you're too tired to read. And so you're not even reading, you're not even praying, you're not even worshiping. You got it open, but it's not doing you any good. That you are not purposeful walking with your Lord because you have got something else 
that is taking your attention. And what's really sad is that usually something else is a blessing the Lord has given you. Whether it's a job, a marriage, a whatever. That's why the Lord says, you've got to love him first and foremost. And ask him for help. Lord, I want to do the right thing here. But I want to put you first. Would you help me with this, Lord? And he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. You know, to be sober, whether physically or spiritually, is to be in a state in which one has control of all their faculties and behavior. Your minds are prepared for action, just like in 1 Peter 1.13. Your spirit is sober. You've fixed your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at, revel at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You're very aware that the end of all things is, is near. To be sober is to be sober-minded, and to be sober-minded is not to continue to practice sin. Pastor Edmund opened up with Proverbs 27, 1-7, and it touched me, especially with the timing. It started with him opening up with Proverbs 27. I was like, wow, Lord. Wow, Lord. Did you? Wow, Lord. And then it moved into worship. And again, wow, Lord. And it moved into prayer. Wow, Lord. I'm watching my Lord. His people are seeing that they're awake. And it's not like that woke movement. We're awake. Because we are seeing what's going on. But I sent a quiet message to Pastor Edmund and asked him, Pastor Edmund, why? Why Proverbs 27, 1 through 7, why it spoke to you? Pastor Edmund, would you mind sharing that with the congregation? Um, the response that I sent back to you? Yeah, if it's the same response, yeah. Amen. Um, I have a, my devotion every day. That's a spot where I go to, where I pick the date that the Lord has given. Today is February 27th. And I will go to Proverbs. <clears throat> and each day has at least a Proverbs to read. And as I was reading it, I was amazed by what it was saying. And in the beginning, it was about uh, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. And that immediately caught my attention because of the state of everything that is happening. And we have been praying for Ukraine and Russia and mostly praying for people who have been praying and they're fleeing. They're asking for God's protection because their government could no longer protect them. And some of the prayers include here we are, we are in the comfort of our own home. I understand it's always 
kind of sad and always kind of, you know, bring us to a place of like, uh, I guess the point is there's a lot of people die, as Jeannie was also praying. And some of these people are praying, seeking the Lord too. And we know that the Lord is not far away from them. We know that on the outlook, a lot of people may see that, oh, Russia is winning. But we know that the Lord is winning. And we know that the Lord is winning souls. And the Lord doesn't use war. But yet war happens, the Lord will seize the opportunity to reach those who needed him the most and would respond to him. And so in that background, when I read Proverbs 27, I also was reminded by uh, Rose, Pastor Ray's mom. I was reminded by last week's message. And as we read 27, it begins to pick out the cultural challenges. Uh, I, I call it cultural because I suddenly thought about, um, for example, verse 5. I just had a conversation with somebody about, in this case, no offense to any culture. I myself, I have this culture. I was raised up passive-aggressive. Meaning, if you don't say, nobody understands. If you say, you're afraid that what other people might think about you. And so there's this passive-aggressive, this hiding behind a meaning that nobody understands. But somehow, deep down inside, man, mankind struggle behind those meanings that they hold true for themselves. So in the end, nobody benefit. And so that's not the spirit of the Lord. And last week's message was about Pastor Ray's mom. Because she has a very clear reason to live. Even though she could easily just said, well, I've lived long enough. It's time for me to meet the Lord. But if there's even a moment, she would be able to live and share gospel. That means she will be in in the in in the previous slide she will be using weapons of righteousness and that means in her sharing some will accept some will not but that's not her focus and so proverbs 27 came about because we do not know what is tomorrow we have today that the lord has given us um, and then certainly with the worship you know, it was amazing. I, I wasn't part of the song selection or praying through this week because I know Jeannie and Dora has been practicing throughout the week. So the song was in existence as a lineup. And then the PowerPoint, when you sent, the message was also lined up. And today's date, February 27, also lined up, co coincide with the same message. Wake up. Wake up. Repent. So. Amen. In fact, I'm going to, if you don't mind, Pastor Edmund, in addition to that, it's going to read the uh, text. I asked Pastor Edmund, why did Proverbs 27, 1 through 7 speak so strongly to your heart? And he said, today's February 27th leads me to Proverbs 27 this morning for me, which is what he was just telling you. He said, it also speaks to me the hesitation and disobedience of man that needs to be awakened. 
that needs to be awakened. Disobedience. Hesitation. Those are indicators of sleeping. Those are indicators of spiritual sleeping. But Pastor Edme, before we move on, can I ask you to read a passage for me with, with much love, dear son, and in, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ? Ezekiel 14, 21. Ezekiel 14. 21. Okay, verse 21, for thus says the Lord God, how much more when I send my four severe judgments against Jerusalem, sword, famine, wild beast, and plague to cut off man and beast from it. I'm going to have you keep reading to 23, Pastor. Yet behold, survivors will be left in it who will be brought out, both sons and daughters. Behold, they are going to come forth to you and you will see their conduct and actions. Then you will be comforted for the calamity which I have brought against Jerusalem for everything which I have brought upon it. Then they will comfort you when you see their conduct and actions and you will know that I have not done in vain whatever I did to it, declares the Lord. So our Lord will send war. He will send famine. He will send pestilence, pandemic, COVID. You know, he will send it. He will send wild beasts. And he calls them his four severe judgments against a disobedient, hardened people who will not turn. And he says, but I'm going to let some survive. So you'll know. The reason I was doing, I was cleaning house. I'm, he wasn't just being mean and angry. There was some cleansing going on. And I, like everyone else, and my husband can tell you, every time I hear a story on Ukraine, I go to my knees spiritually because can't go to them too easily physically. And I begin to pray. And when I see a story, I just weep when I saw the babies, all these newborn babies in the basement of hospital, lined up little cops and one little baby, she couldn't, she needed oxygen. And the nurse sat beside her manually, continually giving that baby oxygen so she would live. And I saw the fear in their eyes. And I was praying like all of us have been praying. And I cried out to the Lord and, and said, Lord, I know that when there are those who have no power, you will act on their behalf, Lord, as you acted on behalf of Israel. The Six-Day War was a miracle that this tiny little country all the Arab nations came against us, and yet the Lord moved. In Judah, when multitudes came against them, the Lord moved. 
And I was praying for him, Lord, move. And I've been seeing that move. And this is how I know he's moving. They're all shocked that Ukraine hasn't fallen yet. That this tiny little country hasn't fallen. It's like, Lord, thank you for hearing the prayers of your people. But I was also praying, Lord, why is this happening? I know that it's part of the wars and the rumors of wars. It's part of the hour. The last days, the last time of the time what we're in. Lord, why did this happen? And I heard the president of Ukraine. He was crying out. And every time he'd cry out, we have no one. There's no one to help us. I would cry out, Lord, help them. Why doesn't he know? Why doesn't he know that all he needs is you? Help him see that, Lord. He is a physical descendant of your friend, Abraham. Zelensky is a Jewish president, a Jewish, a Jewish man who is heading the Ukraine government. Why is he not calling on your name? And then I heard him say something that just caused me to just stop. Not only was he not calling on the Lord, and he didn't see that they had any help. But instead of giving glory to God, he said glory to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. It didn't stop me from praying. I kept praying. But I also begin to pray for that president and any others that are like him. I'm not only praying for God's saints, but I'm praying for those who don't know him. For the, those who don't know that he is their help. He's a strong tower. He's their shield and their defense. I begin to pray and I've been praying for that president's salvation. That he would know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he would know Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. I've been praying just as hard, and I would ask y'all to pray just as much for salvation as we're praying for deliverance, because there needs to be physical, I mean, spiritual salvation like there needs to be physical. Can we go to the next slide? Please, thank you so much. Not many of y'all know, and maybe more than, Ukraine was warned by our president, our president for five months before the invasion ever happened. He started in November. And the closer it got, the more frequent came his warnings. So then, then he was on TV every day. Warning Ukraine. And three days, as of three days before the invasion, the president kept saying, not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
And he was telling us people, don't be afraid. They're just trying to, to you know, scare. It's not going to happen. And our president had opened up and he was, he opened up intelligence that normally wouldn't discuss outside of certain powerful circles. He opened up the intelligence of our US, our US intelligence, the Israeli intelligence, and began to talk about what Putin was planning and what he was doing. And began to show maps of where they were massing. And he every now, you know, for the last two weeks, every single day he was on the TV calling the president of Ukraine, going on national TV that knew would penetrate into Ukraine, pleading and saying to Americans, get out, get out, get out. We can't come get you. Get out. And there were Americans that still said, well, because they didn't believe it either. They were asleep. They were asleep. And there have been many Americans, this young man, his wife and little boy, in tears, he said, I didn't go because they told me that it really wouldn't happen. I didn't go. And I've seen other Americans saying the same thing. And the headlines. Countries are telling, they're, they're coming on. All of them are coming on, telling their citizens, leave Ukraine. Ukraine called it hysteria. Russia, who knew what they were doing, laughed and called it hysteria as they were amassing the troops the whole time. And then the breaking news came and the world leaders were meeting and they were grim because they knew this could be, this could bring us into the third world war. And so for the first time, the NATO response force for the first time since they were created, they've been called up. They've been called up. And the reason these sanctions are so swift, and yet they're saying they can't go in, they can't go into Ukraine. And the reason people are saying, why don't they just go in and just handle Russia? Because a world war would begin. That's why. They're trying to do it without actual battle. But you know what? Yesterday, in the wee hours of the morning, Putin said, I will, I will pull the nuclear option. And so I've been praying, not just for, you know, Ukraine, but I've been praying for China. I've been praying for Iran. I've been praying for North Korea. I've been praying for Ukraine's victory just so these others. They were sitting back and watching because if Russia is successful in Ukraine, China will move on Taiwan. Iran will move on Israel. North Korea will move on South Korea. 
don't be asleep. My heart is still breaking. I'm seeing the pain and I'm seeing people scared and they're in subways and they're hiding out, but they didn't feel. They didn't hear the warnings just like it when I see it. I see what it's happening to. God, people. Next slide, please, because we are being warned. We are being warned. Jesus is continually warning us. And yet, many of his people are still asleep. He told us in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, what would happen. And say, when you see these things happening, and folks, we're not even we're close, but we're not in. We're not at the end point, because when we get to the end point, it is going to be so horrible. As you see those people afraid and running for their lives, you're going to see much worse than that. Because I've been praying. Because is this the time? Does the Antichrist, the man, am I going to see him come to power now? Because if all the world begins to battle, that one world leader is going to step forward and bring peace, a false peace. He's going to step forward and make a seven-year pact of peace. And the first three and a half years, all those who don't know our Lord are going to be amazed, going to be relieved, going to follow him. But the last three and a half years, called the Great Tribulation, is going to be a time that's so horrible that our God said, unless he had cut that time short, even his chosen would not survive. He tells us in Daniel that this Antichrist is going to come against us and going to overcome us physically, though not spiritually, because we will not lose our lives, but our, our, our eternity, but we may, a lot of us will lose our lives for no other reason than we belong to Jesus. And he said it's in that three and a half year period. It's for a time, a times, and half a time. And at the halfway mark, this man that people have thought this is it, this is this is our savior, is going to reveal himself. He's going to be blaspheme God. He's going to blaspheme, you know, heaven. He's going to blaspheme Christ, and he's going to murder us. And there'll be many who have been asleep all this time and not in his word and not understanding. They'll think God is mad at them. They'll think God is punishing them. They'll think, what have I done? They'll think God would never let this happen, but he's been continually telling us and warning us. 
good people are not listening. The Lord said through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom. That what we consider fiery ordeals, said, don't be surprised by them. The Lord tells us that every, every man must be salted by fire. Those who belong to him will be salted now for our cleansing. But there are those who will deny him, remain disobedient, remain hostile. And they will be salted by an eternal fire, eternal punishment. And this is how you don't know God as much as you think you know him. And I'm speaking to everyone. It's when your something in your life, some crisis caused you to doubt God. Cause you to think he doesn't like you. Cause you to think he's punishing you. Cause him to, you know, if you have those thoughts about our God and you are angry and you are discouraged and you're backslidden, or you just think he's not, you know, I don't know about God anyway. You're going to one day come face to face in my prayer. It's for every one of us. And I know, and, you know, as my brother said last week, I'm not here trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm going to warn you. My messages are not to scare you. They're not, to, and they're not my messages. They're my God's message. It's not to frighten you. And you do nothing, but if frighten turns you and you begin and you will escape, then I will gladly put the horn to my mouth and blow it. As long as he tells me to blow it and how hard he tells me to blow it. See, when I was a little girl, 54 years ago, 54 years ago, the Lord told me he was going to call me into ministry full time. And I kept wondering, Lord, when are you going to call me? When are you going to call me? He hadn't called me. Now I've graduated from college. I'm in a great career, but he hasn't called me. And I'm sad. So 30 years ago, he woke me up and said, I will call you. But when I call you, yours is an end time ministry. I'm going to call you at the last of the last of the days. And when he finally called me more than 20 years ago into full-time ministry, he had given witness that night to one person what he told me. And I couldn't find, find her. And I asked him, Lord, I've been looking for her. She's the only witness you gave me to that night. So, But Lord, I just need to know. I don't want my memory to have changed or expounded on things. Would you help me find her? You know where she's at. The next morning, the Lord, and that was 25 years ago, he had me type in a name, and it wasn't her name. I just typed in the name. There were three names that came up on the internet, and he said that one. 
And the one I was was the one that led me to her. And we were screaming and talking like two little girls. And she said, I've been looking for you for 10 years. I said, well, I received the call. I've been looking for you too, but I knew that now that this call has come, I need to know that I know. Do you remember that night? She said, yes. She said, Catherine, the reason I've been trying to get a hold of you is I'm in full-time ministry. I said, he's just called me. He's just called me. And I asked him. So let us connect because I need to know how hard and how fast I need to run for your kingdom. And we have been in contact ever since. And I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Because. The, the pandemic, that's not accident. The war, the, the protests on the streets, nation will rise against nation. You will hear wars and rumors of wars. Earthquakes, famines. I have global headline after global headline. Because they're also talking about the fertilizer prices have gone skyrocketed and it's going to cause a global food shortage so great that it has never been seen in the history of man. And I checked several sources and it's not on main news. I checked several sources, reputable sources, and they were all saying the same thing. I went to the organization who put it out and they said the same thing. They're talking about fires. Global fires are increasing by 50%. See, the reason I pay attention to that is I, I see the horses riding. I see the white horse. Here in the corner of this graphic, Revelation 6, 1 through 2, we see it all the time. We see the spirit of Antichrist, the things that people are teaching and you know, saying that they're Christians and what they're doing does not line up with who our God is. I see Christian persecution here on this global Christian persecution reaches highest level in 30 years. The first seal is the Antichrist. The second seal is war. The third seal is fire. I mean, um, it's famine. The fourth seal is pandemic. The, you know, then there's the persecution. And what they're calling climate warming, I'm seeing. That's, I'm seeing the sixth and the seventh seal. And the global fires, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. The first trumpet. The first trumpet is a fire on a third of the earth. 
because I'm watching because I have been told I will be alive for the Antichrist. And I know all these things are leading to the rise of that man. Please, guys, please wake up. I'm in ministry today because the Lord said, this is the time I would be called. And I've been called and I'm here. And even when y'all look at me and hear me, I'm one of those he's called up for such a time as this. That I won't let anything, not even my health, I'm sitting here with a cannulus in my nose because my oxygen levels won't remain steady without it. But I'm teaching. As long as I have breath, strength, and I know that only comes from the Lord, I am going to do whatever he calls me to do for the kingdom. Because the end of this age is quickly approaching us and the beginning of the eternal age coming and he's put people like me into ministry at this time because he does not desire for one not even one to perish and in conclusion the final slide in Romans 13 verses 11 through 14 there's a watchman blowing the horn blowing the horn do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believe, when we first came to the Lord. There's us who've been walking with the Lord for 50 plus years. There's us who've been walking 40 plus, 20, 30 plus, 20 plus. 10 plus, 5 plus, brand new. But even if it was last year you came to the Lord for the first time, we're nearer to his coming than we were when you, gave, when you begin to believe. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us be a properly as in the day, not in carousing and drinking, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. The time of tap dancing and one foot in and one foot out is over. The time of sleeping is over. The time of being a sloth, being lazy. It's over. Please. Please. I'm a servant out at the highways and the byways. Extending our wonderful Father's invitation 
of love, of mercy, of deliverance, of salvation. Some of you, the Lord is even talking to you in your dreams. Please listen to him. I'm going to turn this back over to Pastor Edmund, but I ask if there's anyone who you know you're not where you should be with the Lord, that Pastor Edmund will invite you to slip up your hand and that we will pray for you like you heard those two pastors pray. Already. Pastor Edmund, it's yours. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. This day that uh, he spoke to us more than one ways. In fact, uh, his word has always been consistent. And he spoke to us through worship. He spoke to us through each our individual hearts. And he spoke to Pastor Catherine, who's been praying about this Sunday since a while ago. The Lord is not mistaken when it comes to being a good father in heaven. Even so, a good father, as we were reminded by scriptures last week, he will discipline those whom he loves. And if we cannot accept those discipline, not recognizing that what the father does, then we are not part of his. This afternoon, let us be humble, amen. I was praying through this whole time and being awakened is something that many people may not enjoy doing uh, physically. You know, sometimes they struggle waking up to, from bed. They wish they could sleep more. But then awakened spiritually is very uncomfortable because it speaks truth. It speaks accountability. And the scriptures that comes to mind is James 4.17. It says, knowing what is right and not do it. In fact, in the message translation says, that to you is sin. In other words, God has apportioned to us what is right to do each day. And that requires being awakened. And my thoughts came to, why won't people do what is right? It's because people are busy breeding disobedience. You know, that's the saying that goes, if the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy. There's a lot of busy people today. And I begin to add today, in addition to that, if the enemy cannot render you to, fall in, uh, to do sin, he will render you useless, unavailable, indifferent, and absolutely insensitive. To what is right and to do what is right there are many today christians who are sincere we're surrounded by sincere christians why do i call them sincere because they're willing to admit their weaknesses they're willing to admit that they need more jesus they're willing to admit many things they're sincere but yet they're not faithful they are considered disobedient in fact they are disobedient because they're not faithful 
And there are many scriptures today also says, considered not useful. And there are parables where Jesus will walk through the fig tree, there are parables of the talent, there are incidents of those who are not useful. Jesus would curse the fig tree who did not produce, and he would cast it with a curse that says no one will ever eat from this fig tree again. Let us awake. Amen. Let us heed to the Lord. What does it mean to be awake? Would you pray and ask the Lord today, why are you so busy? Why are you so unavailable? Why are you so hidden? So tucked away that you did not believe, that you do not believe that God has something for you. And that's what the enemy does. Why are you so busy with your thing and not realize that God has something for you instead? Why are you not having faith so that you can become faithful with? What is it that you don't believe in God, even though your mouth says you believe in God? Brothers and sisters, I would share with you, I'm not one who has achieved all the heights that I need to achieve. I'm one who's still learning and need to learn and need to obey at the same time. I cannot be a sincere Christian. I'm willing to admit my weaknesses, but I cannot afford to be disobedient. All the stories that I may have told you about my relationship with Pastor Catherine, who is spiritual mom, wonderful sister, mentor. She is a servant of the Lord. And I have this mulberry bush moment with her. I argue, I challenge, I question. And one day I even almost attacked her for the very truth she had a message from God for me. And everything that was said today was very true to the issue of the heart of mankind. And I'm referring to, I too, if I'm not careful, if I don't go to the Lord, if I don't spend time with Him, if I am not awakened, I begin to have reasons to be disobedient. Would you pray with me today? As Pastor Catherine had, had mentioned, let's not hide. With the raise of hand and, or digital hand, however you want to call it. Let us come before the Lord. Let us not, let us respond to even Proverbs 27. Don't hide behind hesitation. Obedience means, Lord, yes, Lord, whatever you desire. Trust will never be built until we truly trust Him. There's no explanation to that. There's not enough information to give you a pamphlet, a sales pitch, something that makes you feel good in what you listen to. Then you maybe have trust. Trust is trust. Father, we thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, that as many that are here today, Lord Jesus, let their ears hear you. Father, thank you, Lord, for nudging within our hearts. 
Sometimes, Lord, it comes gentle, and sometimes it comes urgent. Father, let us be people who are not stubborn, that we need only serious nudge, serious urgency, then only we listen. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, let the heart and the spirit of repentance be among all of us today. Father, the mind that is right now racing, there are those who minds are like, oh yeah, but not me. Yeah, whatever they say. Father, they didn't recognize that what it is that you have said, what you are still saying. They only recognize that because they are, have this voice to justify. Father, let your spirit alone testify within our hearts, Lord Jesus, what is true and what is wrong. And Father, as many that are here today, Father, we repent, especially those falling asleep, those not recognizing that, especially those who rely on media for information, they have not relied on your word for truth. They rely on the surrounding as a way of measure that everything is fine. But yet there are those who are in fear because of what they hear and what they see. But Father, neither of those, Lord Jesus, are part of your plan. You do not bring spirit of fear. Neither do you bring a spirit of uh, sleepiness. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, let this body right here, right now, starting with us, Lord, that we repent. Repent of, once again, Lord Jesus, holding on to comfort. Even so, Lord, we know, Lord, you provide for us, and we thank you for that. Thank you for your provision, Lord. And in this provision, Lord, we know there's a function and purpose and a mission. But Lord, let us be awakened, Lord. Let us be the church that awakes and strengthens what remains so that we will not coast and have the sense of pride within ourselves as if we are we are all okay now father until the day you return each day lord we become hungry we become thirsty we our desire deepens for you lord jesus if that is not happening each day lord then we have been breeding disobedience and we're not breeding righteousness. Father, we pray for men and women, Lord, to know what is right and to have the courage to do what is right. And sometimes, Lord, I feel like many are two steps backwards. They do not know what is right and they do not do what is right. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, would you Lord Jesus, maybe there are some who have been disappointed by their experience. And they have looked to man to, see, to look for some kind of an answer from man. But Father, we pray that they will turn to you and knowing that, Lord, you do not disappoint. Father, you heal their hearts. Father, you help them recognize that, Lord, you are doing something still, Lord, till today. You started, you begin something in them, and you will complete. 
as they trust you, Lord. Father, we thank you for each and, fa- each and every family, the parents and the children. Father, we pray for healing if there's any relationship that has been uh, 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 stressed, husband and wife's relationship that has been stressed. Father, this is not the time to, to hide behind and propagate behind the things that will not build faith, things behind that will not build love. Even though it's comfortable to stay that way. Father, we pray for breakthrough, Lord. The husband and wives are, Lord, united in the way, Lord Jesus, that you have brought us to begin with. The vows may be the beginning, but right now the journey, Lord, for husband and wives, Lord, yes, is to love each other, but it's to carry out also, Lord, a heart that is united, a heart, Lord Jesus, to know how to love others, each other first, and to love others as you love us. The husband and wife is the starting point of a church. The the husband, Lord Jesus, represents Christ, And together with the husband and wife, Lord Jesus, they carry out the mission of Christ. Father, we pray for children, Lord. Father, the blessings of having children, Lord Jesus, is powerful. But Father, we pray for each and every one here who recognize they too are children. First and foremost, Lord, children to Heavenly Father. Father, we pray that as children, Lord, it's not about obeying just for the sake of obeying. But the relationship, Lord Jesus, in recognizing that the journey is going to be long, the journey is still, Lord, plenty, but yet no one knows the day. And therefore, the urgency to obey becomes an urgency of the heart, not just the do's and don'ts. Father, we pray, Lord, let Malachi, Lord Jesus, in the last chapter that talks about you will, Connect the heart of the father to the heart of the children. Father, today, this is the awakening message. Let our hearts be connected back to yours. Father, would you, Lord, speak power, authority over the things that your children are so holding on so tightly for the fear of their life. But Lord, you come with power and you come with authority. Father, we pray that Lord Jesus, that whatever that this being holding on to on this earth is not useful. Father, that each and every one will repent and let go and let God. Father, that you can handle everything. So, Father, thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for your message today. Father, we pray there's a quiet spirit within our heart, a spirit of being awakened. A spirit of commitment, a spirit of Joshua who says, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. Father, you will come as you promised and you will divide between the sheep and the goats. Father, we pray that we all continue to walk as your sheep, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for this morning. Father, thank you for this day and afternoon. We pray, Lord, let something be stirred within our hearts. Revive your church today. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.